The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. It gave me great pleasure earlier today to sit down with. Donald Gleeson, he of the famous Gleeson Gleason acting clan. Uh, you'll know him from well a whole host of movies from Star Wars, uh, some of the Harry Potter movies, About Time, the Peter Rabbit movies, Black Mirror. I could go on. I, I met him earlier today in Bewley's Cafe down on Grafton Street ahead of the big coffee morning social for the Irish Hospice Foundation. It is happening next month. Hugely, hugely important event uh, in their calendar. I started by asking Donald how he became involved with the hospice. So my father's parents, Patricia and Frank, they both passed away in the hospice in uh, Rohini. Uh, at different times, uh, I saw the journey they went on there. Uh, my grandmother was there for, in the scheme of things, not too long before she passed away. My granddad was there for months, actually. He was right on the line and I saw the difference in quality of life between what we were able to give them at home uh, and just saw the burden lifted from them after they went in there and lifted from us in terms of just the pressure of the concern of the care and then just being able to talk to them as your granddad uh, again and as your grandma again when they're going through uh, the toughest part of one's life I assume Um, and just saw the care of the people at the hospice how much of themselves they gave to the work uh, and to the people who are uh, living and dying there and just thought it was the most beautiful, amazing thing that they were doing and have wanted to be involved ever since. So, you know, I've donated and I've done that over the years and then I've helped out with a couple of the coffee mornings because that's their biggest fundraiser of the year is the is the coffee morning. Uh, so, yeah, and that, that so that was with the hospice in, in Rohini, but... The coffee mornings are for hospices all around the country. What would have been your preconceptions about hospices before you went there? That's yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I, I I think I just thought of them as, and this I mean I was a young man now, you know, like you know, cut me Make slack, excuses, but I would, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I thought of them as, as as just sad places where people went in and a couple of days later they were gone, and, mm. and that that was basically, I don't know. Uh, like some exit door or something like that uh, and that there was a grimness to it and, and being in there of course there's a lot of sadness and, and you're it's just people losing people they love but the love that's there from the people who work there how special they make everybody feel that's like it's very very inspiring and getting my, my grandparents slightly t- turning from patients back into your grandparents again there's something about that not just a patient but like you know we were looking after my granddad towards the end and just the concern about wanting to get the meds yeah. right get the things right is everything okay you feeling him and all that emotional or mental bandwidth exactly you're investing that in medication and and if you're new to everything you, you worry all the time yeah. that you're getting that stuff wrong you, that, that's just your main concern uh, and then all of a sudden just going in and that's taken care of and Grandad's happier than he's been for the last, you know, eight months out in the house, you know, because uh, just the way he's made to feel there and all those connections kind of forming once again or forming differently. We had a great time with him in the house, but it, but it was like it was um, amazing. And so because I knew nothing about it before and then knew a, like a reasonable amount of it, about it afterwards and because the pandemic has been so devastating to the people who work at the hospice, keeping that love alive in there became extra hard, I think, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and, and how hard it's been for their fundraising and they need the fundraising everywhere in the country. Uh, 
knowing that this seems like a perfect time to get involved again and w- w- like if those are your preconceptions was there a reluctance on the part of your grandparents to go in because there's this also this kind of like you mentioned being at home there's a real emotional attachment to wanting I think yeah to be at home and and it, and it seemed like a scary place uh, yeah I, like uh, well and the hospice also That's do a lot of out there as well, as well, look well at though, I think that people might have of it, it's always sad there's always kind of an element of grief when you leave a place, yes. you know, when you yeah. leave a house even, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I think we can kind of understate the impact that can have. To be leaving a place knowing you're never coming back because you're going to die. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I'd be very well. Um, no. I'd be very I, capable of dealing with that. Yes, and everybody's journey is different. And I, I wouldn't even want to say how my grandparents felt about it because the truth is I don't know um, how they felt at the time. That was their private journey and they didn't share everything with me, but but... I've also recently known somebody who's in a hospice and, and she went in there almost for a for a break. She didn't go in there. That wasn't the end of her life at the time. She went in there and it was a, it was a break for her from all the medication she'd been on the hosp- or in the hospital and all the rest of it. It was like care in a different way. And when she came back home, she was, it was like she'd gone on holiday or something like that. Yeah. Oh, it actually gave her a break and relief. And so that was a different experience of the hospice. Uh, they also, a, a lot of what they do is look after people in their homes as well, is go out and help people uh, on site, you know. Uh, so they do a lot of things and they do a lot of things very well. And they do a lot of things that nobody else can do. So their place in Irish society is vital. Uh, do you think that people in that situation, that they should be granted the opportunity to choose the 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 means and manner of their own passing. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a deeper question. I mean, that's a deeper question in, in, in one way, but, but I, I, like if it were me, I'd love to be able to say I'd love to get into the hospice, but the hospice will take the people who need us, who, who need the care the most. Like you don't pay to go into a hospice. It's not a money, which is again, why you need to like, get money to them. But it's, it's, if you get into a hospice, you're, you're, in a weird way, very lucky, you know, <laughs> and to get in. So absolutely, if if it was up to me, that's where I'd go. Yeah, yeah. The argument, though, that I guess, you know, that we're, we're, we're going to be engaging in this big kind of public discourse mm. about death over the next while because of assisted dying legislation. It's mm. kind of being debated in the dog. And, 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 the, the the role of you know kind of hospices and geriatric care and all of that will will end will end up inevitably kind of getting swallowed up and and be yeah. part of that discussion, and I just wonder about your own views and whether that's an option that should be given to people. I don't know. Is the is the truth of it? I I I I'm not sure. Like I I know how is I would feel about it. Is it is, it is no and again again one yeah. and and one quick answer. Like it's not a it's not a. Um, it needs to be this way or it needs to be that way as far as I'm concerned because also my experience my real life experience of it is based around a few particular instances and I think the the abstract of what you feel is right can be very different to the reality of if you're living with somebody who wanted to do that you know what I mean like like if they wanted that for themselves that would be different than me making a decision over here who's never seen that up close you know I think a lot of people live a similar answer I know, I know, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a tr- it's a, it's a especially it's a tricky one, but that is such a kind of a, an understatement. But it's easy yeah. in the abstract. It is, yeah, as it is with anything that's really serious. It's, it's yeah, suddenly different. And would you, and again, with something that you don't 
if you don't know it yourself, if you don't, if you haven't lived with the detail, then I think it's almost impossible to speak on it. I'm, I'm sure somebody, there are plenty of people from the hospice here today. I'm sure they would mm-hmm. have a, a much more interesting take on it than I would. Well, is it September 21st is the yes, big coffee morning? Yeah, but you can do it any time around there. So the, you, you send in, you, you let your local hospice know that you want to do a coffee morning. They send you, it's a poster, and coffee, and they send all this sort of stuff. And you can have it with two people, and you just each give two euro to the to the hospice. Or you can have it for as many people and have a big gathering and turn it into mm-hmm. sort of an event. Any time around there, the 21st is the day they've scheduled. But if that doesn't work for people... They can do it around then, and it's just about raising. I think they try to raise about two million a year, and the pandemic just obliterated their yeah. ability to fundraise in that way. And so it's about trying to get that back on track and get them the money they need. Yeah, this is now the part of the interview where I say, "Listen, tell me about the projects coming up." I know, so I know. Yeah, um, yes, we we can't have that discussion because of uh, the strike, and uh, there are rules in place that you must adhere to. Yeah, so, listen, uh, let's talk about the strike then. Um, hmm. I know for a lot of people kind of here it is happening over there and yes but you know it does affect people living and working in this country as well so listen what what are the what are the reasons for it well so it's a it's saga after our own uh strike and i'm a member of sag i've worked in america a lot and so i'm a member of sag so there will be a lot of irish actors who are not a member of sag they will be a member of irish equity or uk equity so that's the kind of it, 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 its effect on Ireland, the people in the industry working in Ireland, depends on who's involved and depends on how it was funded and depends on the actors in it. Like, in terms of how it affects here, it is actually something that, for the most part, uh, is happening over there. But as, a, as I'm a member of SAG, I'm not working on anything or, you know, doing anything or even talking about anything because the, the whole point at the moment is cutting off the supply line to the studios and the people who make... Uh, content the people who make like like movies and uh tv and things for streamers that's they're, they're that's the work that is being struck and the the nature of the dispute is it about the money that artists and people working in the industry get as a consequence of their work or or because that's one, one of the things yeah ai and yeah so it's about the whole contract that yeah. that for the next few years so we, it's about trying, I mean, it's about so many different, it's about every aspect of that contract, but I think two of the areas and two of the import things that really matter to SAG, uh, and it seems to the studios, um, is the nature of how you uh, get residuals in the net that streaming is the way and that they hide the success of shows and stuff like that on streaming. Like, they keep that data for themselves, Uh and not having access to that data limits the, the amount of residuals you can get and you can demand and the transparency of where the residuals for actors come from. I'm very lucky as an actor in terms of how much work I've done over the years and, uh, you know, like the, whatever, the financial ramifications of working a lot. Yeah. Most of the people in the guild, um, it's they're the ones who, who really get absolutely done over by residuals going away. But like the contract contains a lot of different things yeah. about like how much is contributed towards pensions and healthcare and all the rest of it by the studios when you work with them also. So like that's all also incredibly important. And then the AI is another aspect of it. Sorry, I've actually had a lot of coffee today because we're in Bewley's. And so I'm talking 
way faster. No, no. And, and I, in a very, very fractured way, I'm just like, <laughs> um, so this is all over the place. Uh, but I'll blame the coffee. Uh, the AI is the other thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, can I ask like that? So that is happening, as you say, um, in the states, and you remember, Sykes. You know, you've 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 worked there. I mean, do we do enough in this country to? protect and promote our artists and creators because we're pre-budget season so all of this kind of gets talked about sure kind of a survey out today that kind of paints a pretty stark picture for kind of people who are you know up and coming in various creative industries i've not like, seen that survey or uh, so it, 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 essentially i don't think there'd be anything in it that you yeah, know what you know what yeah. i mean it is very difficult maybe until you reach a level a certain level of success to yeah, scratch yeah. a living together and there there are a few supports and then we had another pre-budget submission yesterday that suggested, you know, as part of supporting people in the industry, everyone who turns 18 in Ireland would get like a 200 quid voucher. Like they do in Germany, this culture pass. Right. You okay. know, uh, we spoke to Willie White from Dublin Theatre Festival about it. So it's a great idea. And so I, ju- I just wonder, you know, I, I'm sure with this happening in the States, it would cause you and others who are based here, but have a foot in kind of both uh, jurisdictions to think about the level of support that people in the industry here get, you know? We're kind of very proud we will of always yourself want more, and yeah. others, but I wonder, yeah. do, we, do we do as enough as a country to kind of encourage others, I'm sure we don't. I, I think the, the truth is that that the like, like choosing to be uh, in the arts is a, a mad way uh, to make a living. If you For were example, if you were doing yeah. yeah, like if you if you were making a choice based purely on the odds of being able to support uh, yourself, uh, the arts would not be the first place to look uh, generally. And that's that's a great pity because I'm sure. Well, not I'm sure. It's a fact. A lot of great artists have uh, never been artists as a result because mm-hmm. they don't have. Again, I was very lucky growing up. Both my parents, like I was able to continue living at home into my twenties uh, when I wasn't making a lot of money as an actor. I, I, I didn't have the pressure of rent saying you have to do this job. Like I got insane. My, obviously, my father is an actor. I got insanely lucky in so many different ways that allowed me to continue going when I might not have been able to, when I would not have been able to continue going. And so the fact that I stayed the course is down to so many different things. I also got lucky early on in terms of did a couple of jobs that did okay and things mm-hmm. built from there. But yeah, of course, uh, going into, I can only really speak to my line of work because yeah. I don't know the reality of trying to be a, a painter or any, anything else. But yeah, I know lots of talented actors, even my age, who do not make enough money and are not looked after enough or protected enough because... I look at the contracts that I would be on under SAG, and even though we need those to be so much better to protect the people in SAG, mm. they are still generally a, a much better standard of contract than are open to the people in the UK and Ireland, because there's UK equity and, and yeah. Irish equity. Um, was this, Did that answer the question, or have I just gone on another caffeine-fueled insane uh, rant? No, no. It's Did not, I stay on topic? It, I don't know. Caffeine-fueled, but not Hospicecoffeemorning.ie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> don't know. Listen, it is a pleasure. And you're right to mention that at the end, because that is why we're here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, September 21st is the official day, but you can do it any time around then. Or you can just donate. You can also just donate. Yeah. And the money that you donate uh, and that you raise for... Like, locally, stays local. That goes to your hospice. So it's not just spread out into the pot. It goes... At your local hospital, well, so you can really see where it's going. The parochial nature of Irish of, of everybody. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's exactly, like it doesn't yeah. just disappear into the ether. It's like it, it's it's going down the road and it's helping people in your community. Yes. Pretty cool. So you can help the people of Kiltartans Cross. Anyway, listen, yeah. uh, Donald, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank, Thank you, so, you much. so much. Really appreciate it.
Yeah, that was Donald Gleeson. We got up a little bit earlier this afternoon down in Bewley's on Grafton Street uh, head, as we said there at the end of the big coffee morning that is happening uh, in September. And if you want to find out any more information, hospicecoffeemorning.ie is the website. Uh, you can donate through that website. You can find out all the details to donate or how to set up your own coffee morning. And it doesn't have to be on September 21st. It could be any time around then. You can call 0818 995 either to find out. So 0818-995-996-hospicecoffeemorning.ie. And thank you uh, to Donald Gleeson uh, for sitting down uh, a little bit earlier with us. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.